Martinez is going to face Jordan Alvarez here. And a lefty warming up in the bullpen. And Jordan, give him a three spot. Ford, get up at it. The longest home run of the night. Four hundred and sixty-four feet. <laughs> I mean, he's over twelve hundred feet of home runs. Off of one guy. That was destructive. A three home run night for Jordan Alvarez. Almost 115 miles an hour off the bat. Matches his three home run night against the Baltimore Orioles August 10th of 19. Well, hi, and welcome to the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. What you just heard was a glimpse of last night's Astros game. Jordan Alvarez hit three home runs last night. But before we get into that, I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. And this is the Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. So, Dad, we were playing a softball game during the Astros game, but we got to catch the highlights in between some of our games. And to watch him not only hit three home runs, but how far he hit all of his home runs was just outstanding i don't think there's anything more exciting in a baseball game than watching somebody hit a home run especially a long drive like that and you know just a little bit of background jordan Alvarez is one of the houston astros um best power hitters and he kind of been in a slump for about a month and then you know he's had some hand soreness and was out for some games and got back into it and Within a couple games, he started hitting home runs again at a pretty good pace. And three in one game is crazy, crazy. And the excitement that it brings to a baseball stadium, even if you're an opposing uh, uh, fan, the home run is still exciting. Um, and you can hear it on the announcer's voice there, at that clip that we played at the beginning how excited they were to hear him hit the home runs. Right. So kind of go over, kind of um, go over with us last night, what he really did do. So he hit three home runs. So I have the distances of each home run. The first one was 434 feet. The second was 431. And the third was 464. My goodness. So he combined for 1,329 feet of home runs hit last night. And so I I looked this up, and it's the second longest combined three home run game since 2008 when Trevor Story hit three for 1,362 feet in Coors Field. Well, this wasn't at Coors Field. At Coors Field, you know, in Maha Stadium, it's the elevation causes the ball to travel further. This was in Houston um, at Minute Maid Park, and that that's a pretty awesome feat that he did last night. And it was we were telling the people that were playing us and the opposing softball teams what he was accomplishing, and everybody was kind of cheering, you know, within their own little circles about what he was doing so it's 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 exciting even if you're just hearing about it but then when you watch it it's kind of breathtaking to see the ball travel that far off the bat um, just by human hands right and i mean 
the fact that not only did he hit three home runs, but he hit three home runs off of one pitcher. Yeah. You would think after the second home run, they would take that pitcher out. Yeah, I don't know why they pitched to him. Um, after hitting two home runs off one guy, you would think that they would pitch around him. Right. Maybe walk him purposely, or I don't know. Uh, I just don't see any reason why you would pitch to that guy in that situation after he's done what he did previously to you. Right. Uh, it just right. didn't make any sense. And in, in the clip at the very beginning, you can hear some confusion in Robert Ford's voice. And he's like, Martinez is still out there, even though they have a lefty warming up in their bullpen, but yet he's going to pitch to Alvarez. And then the next pitch, he hits a home run. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's funny because you know, the thing that, you know, um, the reason why you know it's so awesome is not just because you see it with your eyes, but then when you have other Major League Baseball players in the dugout that are in all of you because of what you're able to accomplish, that's when you know that you're pretty good. You're pretty special. You know, um, when Justin Verlander, um, after he pitched a really good game coming back off his injury, when he spends most of his press conference after the game talking about somebody else's performance, oh, Jordan right. Alvarez's performance, that's when you know you're pretty good. This is a pitcher that's been pitching in the league for a long time, multiple Cy Youngs, no hitters, everything, you know, Hall of Fame career, mm-hmm. and he's in awe of what Jordan Alvarez was doing last night. Right. It's, it's funny because the batter before Jeremy Pena had hit a solo home run and they were still in the dugout high-fiving him, celebrating what he accomplished. And then all of a sudden they hear the crack of the bat and everybody's turning and looking at the ball flying over the center field fence. And then it's just electric all over again. And it's, it's funny watching the dugout camera because everybody's all high-fives and celebrating and then it's a quick turn, a snap of the neck to watch the ball fly and then they're Wait, jumping. we gotta celebrate again. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody take a quick breath. <laughs> we gotta start jumping up and down and high fiving again. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um I we really wanted to talk about that today because um it, it is a lot of fun to watch home runs and, and Houston Astros are a special team to us because it's a local team and we've been following them for a long time and the good times and the bad times and they've had six years now that they've made it to the playoffs in a row. So they've had a lot of good times, but those exciting, those exciting times of when special people um, pitch a, a really good game or those exciting times when certain players um, hit phenomenal home runs or have just those off the chart games or the exciting times when they win world series. Um, it, it reminds me of, the excitement that we can give God. You know, somebody asked me one time, what do you give the creator of the universe, the one that has made everything, the one that is sovereign, that is above all? And what do you give that person? Um, What do you give God that created you and created me um, when he really doesn't need anything? But the reason why we're created And what really brings excitement to God is that intimate friendship, that love relationship that Mm -hmm. we can have with him. 
Um, if you look, Jesus Jesus Christ said it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through thirty-nine. He said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it is well: love your neighbor as yourself." So you can bring a lot of excitement to God by just loving him. Loving him, a lot of people are like, you know, I should love him because he first loved me. That is true. But you should love him out of the intimate love relationship you have with him, that close friendship you have with him. Right. Um, If you look down a little bit further, we can go into Psalms, and um, I, I can read that scripture. It's in Psalms 18. Um, verse 1 and verse 49, it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Therefore, I will praise you among the nations. O Lord, I will sing praises to your name. You know, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, but none of us are too far away that he doesn't, God doesn't want to love us. He, he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And the excitement that we experience in a baseball game or a football game, watching home runs like um, Jordan Alvarez hit last night, watching really good pitching performances like Justin Verlander puts on time and time again, mm-hmm. that kind of excitement that we um, experience. And I've experienced a little bit of that today watching some college football and maybe later on when the Longhorns play, we'll, right. we'll have some excitement. But we can give that kind of excitement to God through loving him and giving him all of us. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, kind of tell me what that kind of looks like in your life when um, you're, if you know that bringing excitement to God is loving him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, what's that look like? Um, well, for me, a big part is worship because I'm the um, – drummer for the worship team at the church and so um, worship is a big waypoint for me and so um, that that's one way that I kind of give glory to God is through um, how passionately I play yeah um, and so um, it doesn't matter what song it doesn't matter um, how fast it is but me giving my all every Sunday is basically me saying, this is what you gave me, and so I'm going to pour all I have into it. And I like what you said there because it is what he gave you. You know, that talent that you have to play the drums is not something that you learned on your own. It's something that is um, really a divine gift from God. And so it is important for us not to just love God with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. But it's also important to give him back the things that he's given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way we give back is if he gives you a talent, then make sure that you're glorifying him in those talents. If he gives you money, make sure you're a good steward with that money. If he gave you a job, make sure you're a good steward with that job. And those are the ways that we show our love and appreciation for our creator by just being good stewards of the things that he's given us. And out of that relationship, you can always tell a person's intimate relationship with Jesus by how they're stewarding things that he gives them. 
whether it be their talent, their time, their um, money. You can always tell a person's heart by how he stewards the things that God gives him. And, you know, God wants, um, he wants to have that intimacy with us, and we can give him that excitement that we experience just by loving him. The other thing that makes him excited, you know, we we have multiple things that kind of get us excited, get our blood pumping when we're watching sports. Uh, Another thing that really pleases him and makes him very excited is loving our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also out of that overflow that we love God that we can love others. And so if you don't have any intimate relationship with God, it's going to be really hard for you to love other people, especially the ones that are unlovable. Right. It's easy yeah. to love people that love you back. It's those people that really don't love you back that we're supposed to love the most. And that's mm-hmm. trying. That's hard. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I've got it all figured out because that's the hard part. So um, the verse that goes with that is um, in John 13:35. It says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So not only will we be able to tell that you've been with Jesus by how you love others, um, the world that's important. The world will see that you love Jesus because mm-hmm. you love other people. Right, right. And um, uh, another way I've heard it is God will send you sandpaper people to mm-hmm. sand down your rough edges. Um, so kind of explain what a sandpaper person is for people that don't know. So a sandpaper person is someone that um, just really knows how to push your buttons and so you do your best to love them and they tick you off sometimes yeah so they rub you the wrong way that's that's kind of why they're called sandpaper people but really god doesn't have those people in our life to try our patience patience really those people are in our lives to refine our edges Right. To smooth out the things that we need work on. So if somebody is really um, annoying to you, if someone's really getting under your skin, if someone is um, that that person that's really rubbing you the wrong way, then that's just a sign that God has some work to do in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's good news because God sends those people because he knows that we can handle the test. Now, right. if we pass it or not, that's, <laughs> that's up to us. Right. But he, he knows that we can handle it, so he sends it to us. But a lot of times what we'll do is we'll try to, um, I've been in this situation, I know you have, um, what, what we'll try to do is when he sends those people our way, we'll try to handle it in the flesh. Either you know, that or avoid them altogether. That's right. You know, and that's part of handling it in the flesh. So, you know, we'll try to handle it in the flesh and not really um, rely on the Holy Spirit. But when you're dealing with a test that God sends you, you need to deal deal with it with the equipment that he's given you. And that's right. we're equipped by the Holy Spirit to be able to do all these works that he sets before us. And so we really need to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us through those relationships so we can bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. It's part of being a set-apart man of God is, you know, really relying on the Holy Spirit. So making God excited um, getting him like just stoked about what you're doing. First of all, you can love him. Second of all, you can love others. 
And the last thing, and the thing that surprisingly enough people have the most hard time with is loving their self. Right. A lot of people have, you know, a hard time loving others because they can't love themselves yes. or they can't forgive themselves for some things that they've done. Um, they've got self-condemnation mm-hmm. um, and that they can't get out of their own way in that regard. So um, talk to me about some of your experience, if you've ever had something with in, on that regard. Um, well, a big thing for me was as I was growing up was self-image and the way I looked. Um, I've always been a big kid and I've always been overweight. And so the way I looked at myself was like, okay, well, I'm fat and everybody's skinny. And so because of that, I would kind of judge people by the way they looked and be like, oh, well, they're super skinny, so they must eat healthy. They must work out every day. They must be doing something right because whatever I'm doing isn't working. And so because of that, um, it gave me a lot of self-hate and a lot of um, just judgment on myself. And so when I found someone that loves me for me, it really changed my perspective because when me and Brittany started dating, I would always go, I don't know why you think I'm good looking or why you think I'm handsome because I'm just another fat white guy. And so she would constantly remind me, I don't care what you look like. I care about your personality and who you are. And that's all that matters to me. Well, and just think it, you're, you're giving me the, from the perspective of your fiance that you'll be getting married to in December. But just think about it from our creator's point of view. He created us. We are his individual, perfect work of art. People don't understand that God created you just the way you are. If you have brown, yellow, black, or whatever color hair, the shape of your nose, your eyes, your ears, all of the things, your height, your all the things that you that make you you, God created you that way. And, and in he, his image. And in his image. And he is perfect. Of course, we aren't because he made us in his image, but he also put us on this broken world full of sin. So we're not perfect, but we are made in his image. And we should be also able to rejoice that we, if you've, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you've been adopted as his child. And nothing can separate you from his love. Um, when you have a healthy love for yourself, you treat yourself with kindness and you don't beat yourself up when you make a mistake. You forgive yourself. You take good care of your health. You have a future filled with hope because Jesus died for you and you can love others better because now you love yourself. So let's focus on those things that bring excitement to God because I don't know about you, but to be on the stage like a major league baseball player or a football player and be able to bring that kind of excitement to fans, that must feel just phenomenal. That must really be an awesome experience. But on the stage called life, Mm -hmm. we can bring that same excitement and enthusiasm to our creator just by loving him, loving others, 
and loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, in those things, we bring glory to God, and we can bring people closer to God because we give them a taste of what he's like. Remember, we are made in his image, mm-hmm. so we can really give him a taste of, or we can give the world a taste of what he's like just by doing the things that he's called us to do, and that's loving him. He created us for that. He created us, like I said, just the way we are, an individual work of art, to have a relationship with him and bring glory to him. And that's how you do that, by loving him, loving yourself, and loving others. Mm-hmm. So is that easy to do, Michael? No, not at all. It sounds easy, but it's not. And it takes a lot of effort. And um, I, for one, am still learning all of those um, day in and day out. And so it's a constant um, daily thing for me. Well, and that's all what sanct- sanctification is all about. Jesus doesn't have you come to him in a relationship and purify you and make you the perfect bride of Christ right away. Mm-hmm. It's that daily sanctification, that daily that he is daily he is um, refining you to be more like him with these different challenges, with these different things um, that come up in our life. And all those challenges are ways that we can bring glory to him in the process. So um, if, if you, this isn't a three-step guide that's going to make you perfect. Um, it, it, is a, it is three things that really bring excitement to God and, and make, make him have joy in what we're doing. But it's not a, a three-step um, process that you can just punch out on your own. This is something that you're going to have to completely rely on on the Holy Spirit's strength and the truth that's in the Word of God to be able to accomplish. If you think that you can love God, love others, and even love yourself without even knowing your identity in Christ, like it says in a, it tells us about in Ephesians 1, if you don't know what's in the Word of God, it's going to be really hard for you to know the character of God because the Word of God is His words written down for us. It's his love letter for you and me. And so if, if you're not in his word, if you're not praying, if you're not spiritually disciplined, it's going to be hard for you to be able to bring excitement to the Lord by loving him, yourself, and others. Right. Um, and so with that, um, that will go ahead and just conclude today's episode. And so we'll pray, and then um, we'll um, share some more stuff at the end. But let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this day, and I just thank you for everything you're doing through this podcast. I just pray, Lord God, that you would help us on the three things we talked about today, Lord God, that um, we would be able to love others, love ourselves, and to love you. And Lord God, I just thank you for everybody that's listening and that you would bless them. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And so with that, that will conclude today's episode. And so if you're trying to find a way to listen to us, or if you want to share with a friend, we are on Spotify and any other app that you can find podcast. So with that, I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. And this is a Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. Thank you for listening.